the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Conviction and condemnation. Conviction draws you closer to God. Condemnation drives you away from God. You know, when the Holy Spirit convicts us about our sin, we want to draw closer to God. We want to be right with God. We, we want to confess our sins. We want to repent. Uh, we, we want our relationship with God restored. Condemnation drives us away. Today, Pastor Dan elaborates on Noah's fall after the flood. We as Christians can fall after the tests and trials come our way, and that's exactly what happened to Noah. He did not falter before the flood, nor during the flood. But after the flood was over, when Noah fell back into man's old ways. His story is a reminder to all of us that we all can fall short of God's glory. But we have the promise that because of Jesus dying on the cross, we can be forgiven of sin and receive redemption through Him. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 9 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be back in the book of Genesis today. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 9. You want to turn there for me? We left off in verse 18, where it says, Now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah, and from these... The whole earth was populated. And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. And then he drank of the wine wine, and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it on both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nakedness. And so, uh, so Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. And then he said, cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, he shall be to his brethren. And he said, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. And Noah lived after the flood 350 years, and so all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. 
in our study of Genesis, we were in the previous section uh, when God made a covenant and God promised to never again judge the earth with a flood. And then God gave the rainbow. Remember that as the sign of his covenant, uh, as a reminder of the covenant that he would never judge the earth again with a flood. And I, I mentioned last week that, um, that, that here in Maryland, rainbows are kind of uncommon. And so when you see one, it's, it's sort of a special thing to see rainbows here uh, in Maryland. And then we had a big rainstorm, and then we had a double rainbow in the sky. Just got right on cue, you know, perfect timing, send out the rainbow. And God sent a rainbow in the sky. And some of you were kind enough to send me a picture of the double rainbow uh, over your house or in your, your neighborhood or whatever. And I appreciate that. So uh, just kind of cool how God's timing uh, with that. Well, today in our study now, we come to um, the final chapter in the life of Noah. This is the final story for Noah. And the first thing that stands out about this passage is that we see that man's heart was not changed by the flood. Man's heart was not changed by the flood. Man is still as sinful after the flood as he was before the flood. Judgment did nothing to change man. Judgment does nothing to change man's heart or man's nature. Uh, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, Jesus describes those that are in hell and he describes them as gnashing their teeth. You gnash your teeth when you're angry. And so those that are in hell are, are angry. Not even hell fire changes their heart. Judgment doesn't change a person's Heart. The flood did not change the heart of mankind. The flood did not change the nature of mankind. He's still just as sinful as he was before the flood. The only thing that can change man's nature is regeneration by the Spirit of God. Being born again. That's the only thing that can change a person's heart and change a person's nature. Is to be born again. By the Spirit. Jesus Christ can give you a new nature. He can change the leopard spots. And those that are in Christ, the Bible says, they become a new creation and the old things pass away and He makes everything new. Jesus makes, makes us new. He transforms us. And that's the only thing. Now, verse 18 says, now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of, of Canaan. Now, Canaan is mentioned here because Canaan will settle in the land that God will promise to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants, the Hebrew people. The promised land will be the land of, of, of Canaan. And so the land of Canaan now will become the focal point from chapter 12 on. So this is kind of a foreshadowing. This is why God mentions Canaan here and connects Ham to Canaan uh, here in chapter 9, because 
Canaan is going to be a big part of the story once we get to chapter 12 and for the rest of the story in the Old Testament. And it says in verse 19, and these three were the sons of Noah. And look what it says. And from these, the whole earth was populated. All of humanity has its origin in Adam and the three sons of Noah, Ham, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And so we all come from the same family. We're, we're all branches from the same root, if you will. And the whole earth, it says, was populated by the sons of Noah. So uh, again, you know, you, if you could go on Ancestry.com, we could all trace our roots back to Noah. And then before Noah, back to Adam. All of us. Verse 20, And Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard. And so Noah became a farmer after the flood, um, Genesis, back in Genesis 5, uh, Noah's father, Lamech, uh, was, was also a farmer. Uh, and so it seems that Noah followed in his father's footsteps. We don't, we don't know if Noah was a farmer before the flood. Uh, but he's a farmer now, after the flood. And we're told that he planted a vineyard, a vineyard of grapes. Now, it takes grapes about three years, a grapevine about three years to produce uh, grapes. So between verse 20 and 21, there's at least three years uh, that go by before Noah can harvest grapes. And then Noah took some of the grapes, verse 21, and he made wine and he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. So Noah took some of the grapes that he harvested. He made wine from those grapes. And so there's, you know, there's that process of making wine where he's, he's got to crush the grapes and the wine has to ferment and the wine has to age. Uh, and then Noah took and drank some of the wine that he made to the point that he got drunk and he passed out naked in his own tent. Now, back in chapter six, if you remember, Noah is described as a just man and perfect in his generation. And he's described as one who walked with God. In second Peter, chapter two, Noah is called a preacher of righteousness. In Hebrews, chapter 11, Noah is mentioned there in the hall of faith for his obedience to God and the building of the ark. And yet here, Noah is drunk and passed out on homemade wine. Disgraced. Humiliated. Noah's story reminds us that we are all capable of falling. Even a righteous, godly person who has been used mightily by God, can fall short and can sin. You know, the Bible is actually filled with stories of godly people who fall short, which I, I don't know about you, but that's kind of a comfort to me. Uh, but it's filled with people 
godly people. Abraham, for example, who is called the father of faith, he lied about his wife, not once, but twice. And then Abraham's son, Isaac, followed in his dad's footsteps and followed his dad's example, and he lied about his wife. Moses lost his temper, struck the rock when God said, speak to the rock. David, who is described as a man after God's own heart, committed adultery with a married woman, got her pregnant, and then arranged for the death of her husband so that he could then marry her. Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. In the New Testament, there's several occasions where Jesus corrected the disciples and rebuked the disciples for their behavior. And of course, we know Peter uh, denied that he even knew the Lord. We're all capable of falling short. We're all capable of sin. We're all prone to wander, just as the hymn says. All we like sheep go astray at times. All all of us turn to our own way at, at times. A Christian, listen, a Christian is not sinless. Now hopefully we sin less, but we're not sinless. We we don't we don't live this this perfect life that's without sin. You know when we're going to stop sinning? When we go to be with Jesus. That's when we're going to stop sinning. That's when we're going to stop falling short. Now, now don't misunderstand me. That's not an excuse to sin. That's not a license to live a lifestyle of habitual sin. We should repent of our sin and turn from it. But even though we're in Christ, we still fall short at times. We still sin And occasionally, we blow it big time. Just like Noah did. And so what do we do? What do we do when we fail? What do we do when we fall? You know, maybe maybe you're a Christian and recently you have fallen. Maybe recently you have failed and stumbled in your walk with Jesus Christ. And maybe you are filled with regret and maybe you're filled with, with shame over your sin. I know for many people, including believers, they have fallen back into old sin and old habits. For some people, they have fallen back into old sin that they have been free from for years. They've gone back. They've, they've gone back to those sins that have so easily beset them in the past. Let me share a few verses with you that you will find helpful. First of all, there's Romans chapter 8, verse 1, 
which says there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, when we fall, we may condemn ourselves. Our enemy, Satan, may condemn us. But there's no condemnation from Christ. There's no condemnation from Jesus Christ. Noah is included in Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith, even though he fell short here in chapter 9. Jesus doesn't condemn us. Jesus doesn't disqualify us. Now, Jesus convicts us. But he doesn't condemn us for our sin. He he convicts us about our sin, but he doesn't condemn us for our sin. And there's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction draws you closer to God. Condemnation drives you away from God. You know, when the Holy Spirit convicts us about our sin, we want to draw closer to God. We want to be right with God. We, we want to confess our sins. We want to repent. Uh, we, we want our relationship with God restored. Condemnation drives us away. Condemnation drives us away. Condemnation says God doesn't accept you anymore. That God is disappointed in you. God doesn't condemn us. God does not condemn the Christian. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. So if you feel condemned over your failure, that condemnation is not from God. It's not from God. Another verse that is helpful is 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. First John 1 John 1.9 is sometimes referred to as the Christian bar of soap. Right? What do we do when we fall? What do we do when we fail? Well, we confess our sins. We, we acknowledge it to God. We confess our sins and then God is faithful. We're not faithful, obviously, but God is faithful. To forgive us and then cleanse us of all of our sin. Cleanse us of all of our unrighteousness. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. Another wonderful verse for us when we fall is 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, which says, My dear children... I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. When we sin, Jesus acts as our advocate. With the Father, pleading our case before the Father. And John reminds us in these verses that Jesus is truly righteous and that he is the sacrifice that atones for our sins. So anytime we sin, anytime we fall, anytime we blow it, just like Noah, Jesus is our advocate with the Father. He pleads our case. And oh, yeah, by the way, He atoned for our sins 
through his shed blood. And so Jesus pleads the blood. He, he interposes his precious blood for our sins that he atoned for. And so when we sin, we can come back to God. We can be forgiven. We can be restored through Jesus Christ. Now, another thing that we should note about Noah's fall here is, is when it happened. When it happened. And I think this is important. Noah had just come through the biggest trial of his life and Noah came through it victoriously. Noah obeyed God. Noah built that ark for the saving of himself and his family and all the animals. Noah didn't falter in his obedience. He didn't falter in his obedience during the building of the ark for, for many, many years while he was building the ark. Noah was faithful to God. He didn't falter during the flood when he was on that boat with all those animals and with his family stuck on that boat for a year and he didn't sin then he didn't get drunk and pass out then. When did he fall? He fell after the trial was over. Noah fell after the trial was over when he was back on dry land and life had returned back to normal and he's got a farm going now and a few years have gone by. You know, often we are most vulnerable to a fall during times of ease, during times of rest, during times of idleness, during times of normalcy. Not, not when we're in the trial, you know, not when we're, when we're in it, because, we, man, that, that's when we're praying, that's when we're seeking the Lord, that's when we're, you know, in the Word, that's when we're, we're serious about our, our relationship with Christ. But it's when we let our guard down. We take our foot off the gas. Quite often that's when we fall. You know, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be alert, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know, Satan is like a, a lion waiting patiently until we let our guard down, and then he pounces on us. And, and it's, it's often, it's not in the storm, it's not in the trial, it's, it's during the times of peace, it's during the times of calm, that we get careless and we fall. That's what happened to Noah. Now verse 21 is the first mention of wine in the Bible. It's also the first mention of drunkenness in the Bible. It's interesting those two are mentioned at the same time. The Bible has many warnings about the danger of alcohol and the sin of drunkenness. Uh, Proverbs 20 verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler, and whoever is led astray by it is not wise. Proverbs 23 says, Who has woe, who has sorrow, who has contentions, who has complaints, who has wounds without cause, who has redness of eyes, those who linger long at the wine, those who go in search of mixed wine or mixed drinks. The idea is drunkenness causes uh, just so much unnecessary trouble and heartache. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. And we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how He interacts and intercedes with those He's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together, after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, We'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.